Well, you may have heard this on the news. The federal government is launching a three-person commission. This is going to happen in the new year. And the focus of the commission is to investigate abuse allegations and human rights violations in Canadian sport. This was announced by the federal sport minister, Carla Qualtro. And Carla Qualtro joins me on the line now. Thank you so much for being with us. Good morning. Tell me a little bit more about this. This is the three-person commission. This is to investigate abuse, uh, violations in Canadian sports. What will this commission look like? Well, first of all, thanks for having this important conversation on your show. You know, we are striking a three-person commission um, led by an independent legal expert supported by two special advisors, one in victims' rights and trauma-informed processes and one in sports. Over 18 months, um, they will have engagements across the country to really dig in on um, what's happening in maltreatment and abuse in sport and come up with a series of recommendations to government on how we can make our system more safe um, and then more broadly on what improvements we need to make to the system to ensure that nothing like this ever happens again. There have been some concerns that the commission won't have as as big of a mandate as a public inquiry would have been, an inquiry that could have compelled witnesses to come forward and, and would have had more teeth. Why was the decision made to go with a commission rather than a full inquiry? Well, Jill, there's a couple of really um, important reasons why ultimately we landed on a model that's based after the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. First of all, we're dealing with a vulnerable population here who's been traumatized already um, and who for, you know, a system that didn't protect them. So starting from and, you know, building on the work of two parliamentary committees that have dug in on this issue over the past two years and significant media coverage. So we really have a sense of the extent of the problem here. Um, A public inquiry would absolutely um, compel, first of all, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission itself wasn't a public inquiry, especially said this was a voluntary process um, because they didn't want to re-traumatize victims, compel victims to testify, allow for cross-examination of victims. That's something we really want to avoid, and it's kind of antithetical to trauma-informed processes. Um, More practically, a public inquiry at the federal level in an area of primarily uh, provincial jurisdiction like this is would require that we negotiate with the provinces and territories and agree to a terms of reference. That could take over a year, um, and quite frankly, I can't guarantee that the provinces and territories would ultimately agree, so we might end up back at square one. Um, and then finally, you know, we're not, we're not starting from scratch. We, we know what the problem is. We're going to not require people to prove they've been traumatized, they've proved they've been abused, harmed. Um, we, yesterday, were very clear that we're very sorry um, this happened to people, Uh, We believe you, we see you, we want to fix this, and we want to make sport safe for everyone. When you talk about then then how this is going to play out and and getting this information and 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 looking into this, the commission, what what kind of a cost are we looking at, or do you know how much this is going to cost? Um, Similar processes over kind of an eighteen month period. Now, of course, the commission has um, discretion in terms of how many specific meetings or hearings they hold. Um, We're looking at about a 10 to $15 million process, um, but we'll resource this to the extent needed. So if it's more, we'll, we'll, like, this is going to be properly resourced so we can really dig in on this. When you look at some of the allegations and what we've seen, I, I mean, a lot of attention has been paid to the abuses in Hockey Canada, the covering up of those abuses, certainly other sports as well. With your experiences 
also being an athlete, d- were you surprised by any of this or, or do you, how did it get to be so bad? How did this go on? Do you think for so long and get to that point that there was so much thought, abuse taking place? Yeah, I, I thought so much about that very point. And, you know, there's two, I think there's in my kind of assessment, there's two things playing out um, in the, the ecosystem of sport. There are um, egregious instances of abuse. Um, which are horrible, and most of which are criminal. Um, but there's also been this over time normalization of very bad behavior, whether it's intimidation, mockery, bullying, just the things you hear, um, whether it's shouted from fans to, you know, to an athlete or to an official, whether it's coaches in the locker room teasing an athlete or berating them for poor performance, whether it's exclusionary practice or discrimination, like um, there's a lot of homophobia in sport. There's a lot of racism in sport. Um, I come from the world of disability sports, so Paralympic sport. And I can tell you, certainly back in the day when I competed, I didn't feel very welcome in sport a lot of the time. Um, it, you know, So one of the outcomes of this commission will be to um, recommend how we can make sport more inclusive and thereby safe for everyone. When you say you didn't feel welcome, how come? Because sport wasn't really designed for someone like me. There, you know, I'm, I'm legally blind. I only have 10% vision. And the system, particularly at the time, although I will, I will give you um, that it has improved significantly on the para-sport para side. It, you know, it, it sport wasn't, they couldn't quite figure out how to deal with a little blind kid from athlete who wanted to play soccer or um, wanted to try curling. And, and just these systems didn't really, they didn't have the flexibility to figure out a way to include me and welcome me all the time. Now, my sport was swimming and swimming was very welcoming and I ended up doing very well in swimming, but, but not for everything, right? Um, and there's a lot of kids, whether they're queer or trans or racialized that don't don't look at the sports system in BC and across Canada and say, wow, there's a place for me there. And that breaks my heart because sport is so powerful. Like sport has the potential to do such good and has, because there's lots of good things happening in sport in every corner of this country every day and every weekend. Um, So we want access to that kind of sport for everyone. And Minister, going back to the the commission that uh, has been announced, so there have been some concerns on another body that was brought forward to help with complaints, uh, the Office of the Sport Integrity Commissioner. Uh, Some concerns about this as well, that that here we are, we're going to have this this mechanism, we'll find out who the commissioner is, who's going to make up this three-person commission. $15 million or more is going to be spent on this. How can you assure people this is actually going to lead to positive change in sport? So just one quick point on the on OSEC, as we call it, the Office of the Sport Integrity Commissioner. Yesterday, I announced as an immediate action that we're going to start to transition OSEC out of where it's currently housed to address the concerns that are being raised around independence for that organization. Um, so, you know, we also announced yesterday a bunch of immediate actions we're taking. I'm striking a ministerial athlete advisory committee. Um, we are doing, creating an international work group for governments around the world to really tackle this collaboratively and share best practices. Um, in terms of guaranteeing that this will not just be another commission report on a shelf, which I think is what you were asking, mm-hmm. is um, we were going to have a preliminary report um, 
doesn't really give a timeline in the terms of reference, I, expe- I expect around month 10 or 11, then we're going to hold a national summit to look at those recommendations as a sport community and as a broader uh, Canadian community. So to deliberate, to figure out if, if, if that's the path forward for sport, and then ultimately um, the, recommend- the final recommendations will come by month 18. Um, I'm committed to implementing uh, those recommendations. I've committed to responding within six months to developing an action plan on how we're going to move forward. Um, but over the next 18 months, we're not taking our foot off the gas. Like there are definitely things we can do in the meantime um, to make sport more safe. We announced six of those things yesterday. And um, for me, this just allows me to focus on the short-term piece and let the commission tackle the systemic piece. Minister, thank you so much for being on the show this morning. Appreciate your time. My pleasure. Take care. That is Carla Qualtro, Canada's Minister of Sport and Physical Activity.